Welcome to Conversations on Faith and Family, a faith-based podcast for parents and marriages looking how to manage and balance life with greater ease and fulfillment. Here are your hosts, Manuel and Raylene. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode here on Conversations and Faith and Family. Um, again, um, you know, we're really excited. We just have really been seeing a lot of uh, doors opening for us. Uh, we really hope you've been blessed. A lot of the things that we have, uh, the content we've been putting out has just been, for me, a, a blessing. And it's just been fantastic. And hopefully you've been just as blessed. And it continues today. We uh, want to continue this whole theme of um, encouraging your life uh bringing direction in your life. And quite frankly, our next guest is uh, one that I really, really um, find a great influence in, you know, balancing life and just uh, uh, changing your perspective on how you see things. We actually just recently had a conversation about this device I plan on uh, possibly uh, bringing into my life. Um, It's a phone that just simplifies things, but just her outlook on life is just very encouraging and and I really admire it. So um, today we have on the podcast, we have Abby Stumvall. Welcome. We appreciate it. (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> so nice to be here with you. Excited to be doing this. Cool, cool. So, um, you know, on that topic, I know that um, I'm trying to convince myself to get that phone. Um, basically, if, if anybody doesn't know, I completely forgot the name. Maybe you can uh, uh, send me a message on Twitter or Instagram. But it's a phone that literally, um, it's, it's small. It can it actually can shoot text messages and uh, only dial a few phone numbers, but it's not a smartphone at all. So the whole goal is to be able to spend more time with your family, focus on the things that are important, and um, hopefully I'll be convinced of it. But yeah, on that topic, um, Abby, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and your ministry and and, uh, everything. Yeah, well, um, (laughs) I live in Redding, California. I'm on the pastoral team at Bethel church here. I um, was a pastor in their school in the supernatural ministry for years. And now I travel with my husband. We have a consulting business where um, we we travel and do ministry, but also we have a consulting business where we help people overcome the places where they're stuck and the blocks that they can't get over in their life. Man. So we, um, I always tell people we're so we're good at it because we were such messes. Like we were so broken. Me and my husband were just, we can identify with so much of the torment that people go through in every way. I used to tell my interns, I was like, pretty much there's nothing that somebody has gone through that I can't identify in some way. And they didn't really believe me. And then as they spent like five years with me, they were like, Oh my gosh, you really can. You really, you really have gone through a lot. So, um, we grew up in really, um, with just different reasons for why there was a lot of brokenness in our life, but same kind of idea. And as God has taken us on the journey of overcoming, I love the stories of like the Todd whites where they're like, I encountered God and yeah. all my shame was broken and my whole life was changed. Like I love those stories. Those are so hopeful unless they don't happen to you. And then they're really <laughs> They're really not hopeful at all. You're like, yeah. oh my gosh, I've got up to every altar call. Yep. Why has nothing miraculously changed in my life? 
And I was that person. I grew up in church and loved God, knew God, heard God's voice at a young age, had a real relationship with him. Like I don't actually ever remember not knowing him, but here I was having anxiety attacks and being suicidal and having so much shame and so much self-hatred and depression. And, and so I had really like two very different things. And I really was that girl that was like, I'll go up for every altar call. I'll do whatever. And, um, God didn't miraculously set me free in a instance. Mm-hmm. Um, although he was very involved in my freedom process, it was a process, which I hated in the middle of it because everybody <laughs> wants the great story. Yeah. Everybody wants like an angel to come down and put a coal on your mouth. And then like all of a sudden <laughs> different. But um, for me, it was a process. And the beauty of having to walk out process is you can lead other people through the process. Yeah. Like, and what's so, uh, first and foremost, I just want to say thanks. Thank you for your uh, just being completely vulnerable and transparent with us. Uh, that's one thing I know a lot of people have mentioned. And even for me, it's been a great influence. Um, I've always been transparent with my life. And, um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't do that. But I'm assuming <laughs> that um, being transparent, being open uh, leads to freedom. Um, yeah. Now, how would you elaborate a little bit more on that? Oh my God! Well, you can only be um, you can only be loved as much as you're known. Yeah. So if you are living where you're not being known, you are stopping the amount of love that you can receive, and um, and and connection really happens. People think that by hiding weakness you are creating safety from being rejected. That's why people Mm. don't share things. They're like, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want um, people to think poorly of me. But the truth is, is that vulnerability is always an invitation for more intimacy and more connection. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you're trying to look perfect. Nobody even likes perfect people. (laughs) Like, like, why are you trying to be perfect? Like that, like the most perfect people, everybody are frustrated with. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, vulnerability allows, you know, I for me, a huge value I have in my life is living everything in the light. And I say whatever is in the darkness can grow mold. Yeah. Like whatever is in the darkness, it's kind of like the accuser has free reign to lie to you and torment you about anything that isn't in the light. And And do you think, you know... Like, do you think that has a connection with actually living your life the way, it, you know, God intended for you to live your life? I feel like today there's a lot of people that, um, you know, that reach an age where they're 30 or 40 years old and they have so many regrets. They wish they could have done this. They wish they could have went and traveled the world. Uh, Do you think that um, vulnerability and regret and living that life you were intended to be uh, is connected as well? Um, that's an interesting question. (laughs) I have never put vulnerability and regrets together. Mm -hmm. My first thought is, um, man, Bill Johnson says regret is like one of the biggest like killers of your soul, (sighs) which I love. Uh, It will like eat you up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I tend to, I would say like, um, for me with regret, I'm always like self-compassion is typically the thing that I do Mm -hmm. to work my way out of regret, 
where I, I actually really do look back at like where I was at in life and why I was making those choices. Like, okay, me and my husband, when we got married, um, my husband grew up in a family where rage was normal. And I grew up in a family where my dad was really angry at my mom and my mom was really sick and I blamed my dad's anger for that. Mm -hmm. So I had like this vow, like no one will be angry at me. Like no one, I will not let anyone run me over. Um, my husband came in with like anger as being normal. It wasn't even like Mm -hmm. malicious. It was just normal communication style. So he would get, he would rage and I would rage back. I'd be like, okay, you screw you, screw you. You know, like, (laughs) like, and so when I look back at our first year of marriage and I see like, oh, we were, you know, like we weren't throwing plates at each other, but plates may have been thrown in general. Yeah. (laughs) And I look back at that. Um, that's 10 years ago. I think like no part of me has regret. I'm like, Oh, I know what got us to that place. I know the pain that was going on inside of us. I know the tools that we didn't have. There's no way that I could have magically been different than that. The only way that you learn and grow is by learning and growing. And Oprah has this great statement. She says, now that you know, better." no, actually Maya Angelou, I think says this now that you know, better do better. Hmm. So anyway, those are, I think about vulner, uh, I think vulnerability helps you in being honest about what you regret and invites people to help love you and process well. But then I think compassion is really what can help you get past it. You know, I have to say, even just for myself, um, my wife and I, we grew up in church. Um, we have two different backgrounds and, um, you know, it's very, I would say very similar to the, how, to the way you grew up as far as being in church, being involved. And even the, some of the things I dealt with, I dealt with rage, uh, I dealt with pornography, um, never really dealt with drugs, but, um, those things, nothing immediately was broken. <laughs> you know, I didn't have any <laughs> crazy, uh, moment at the altar. Um, it was literally a process where, um, you know, I remember at nights, you know, when I was a, a teenager, like literally just crying because I didn't want to be angry anymore. And oh. again, it was a process. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that deal with things, especially um, in our generation today, that oh. they hide a lot. They they, yes. they they hold things in. They, um, you know, whether it's rage, whether it's addiction, whether it's, you know, uh, any type of abuse. Um, they hold it in. They don't want to share share it with anybody. They don't trust anybody. Now, uh, one thing that I love about you is that you live life free. I, I love that about you. For me, I think you're such a free spirit. I wish I was more like that. I feel like I'm more conservative. But, you know, what would you encourage somebody that is in that position where they just are holding everything in? They don't want to share their heart. They don't want to. They're. They don't want to open up to anybody. How, how would you uh, encourage them to be more open? Yeah. Well, I would. Sometimes logic helps me um, <laughs> leverage why I should do something. Yeah. So, like, I logically have learned that um, feelings buried alive never die, and that mm. um, it's like people will try over and over to get out to get out of a habit by themselves. And then they'll get more and more hopeless because they can't. And I've seen that. I remember when me and Justin, we saw a counselor in our marriage. Um, 
And I remember the counselor being like, I know that you guys have great reconciliation after these huge explosions. Do you know that you could actually have connection without the huge explosions? And it was like my really? mind had never thought that. <laughs> my mind had like never even conceived that. And yeah. um, I think about, I've just gone through lots of seasons where feedback, I, I remember seeing this one counselor and I was talking through my high school experience and he said one sentence that was pretty simple. He's like, you know, this is what I would have thought from your high school experience. And it was such a different conclusion than what I had ever thought of. Yeah, I've seen how like when you get help, people like that, um, you get broken from people mm. and you're made to get healed from people. Yeah. Like God uses the very, he loves to use the, the things that we think are unredeemable and redeem them to bring redemption. So I would just rec, you know, like I so believe in getting help. Like I am the biggest proponent of it is not weak to say you need people to help you figure out how to look at something, to help you figure out how to process something, to share what's going on. And shame is a liar. And so it wants to keep you isolated and shut down and, and not known because love really does heal so much inside of us and shame can keep you separated from that. That is so good. Cause, um, again, we're a big supporter as well. And, and reaching out, um, I always say that you need, uh, really three, um, three relationships in your life, you know, number one, somebody who's uh, above you that can speak into your life, direct your life, be able to encourage you when you need encouraging someone next to you who can, uh, literally be there. You can let your hair down, be transparent yeah. with, honest. And then somebody, uh, I don't want to say below you, but somebody that you're always pouring your life into. And I think yeah. if you have those things, um, it will help with a balanced life. And speaking about a balanced life, um, you know, you're literally involved in ministry. You're involved uh, in just, it almost seems like you have your hand in everything. I actually heard you, in, uh, you were in LA a few weeks ago and I heard you speak at the conference. And by the way, me and my brother went and he was raving about uh, you speaking. He's just like, oh, Abby was phenomenal. You know, she was just great. And I, I felt the same way. Now, how, how is it that you balance all these things in your life without actually going crazy? Yeah, you know, balance is a tricky, tricky thing. I think um, the truth, so I have a chronic health problem mm-hmm. that um, it I've had it for 22 years. There's different seasons where it's worse than others. But um, I have had to embrace limitations. Oof. And so, um, and embracing setting boundaries, which means I'm not, that means I can't compare myself to someone else. I can't be mm. like, well, they can do this much with their lives. So I should be able to do that. Yeah. Like it means I have to literally be making my life boundaries based on, and it's, and it's actually been helpful for me because it's like, Oh, if I don't set boundaries, I'm going to crash. Yeah. Like it, it, I can't not. And it's easier to set boundaries because of your body, because it doesn't, it, there's no guilt associated. You're like, I'm not choosing something over you. I'm choosing not dying over you. That's yeah. not me. But the interesting thing about balance is, so we, um, my husband has a podcast, um, for men, which is incredible. And him and his co-host were talking about anxiety and how, um, scientifically we end up recreating as much anxiety as we grew up in. 
So I started recognizing in my life that I was always doing too much and I was always at the end of my rope and always um, feeling like I had no capacity and always like in survival mode. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that is what I felt like growing up. Yeah. And so I had to consciously choose how do I take control of my life so that I don't spend the rest of my life being so busy, being so, and and part of that even comes from changing my view of God that God cares about me as much as he cares about doing things for him. Mm. You know, like he no, cares yeah, as yeah. much about me thriving and me not being at the end of my rope than he does at me helping the world. So yeah. all of those things are kind of the the culmination of being okay with um, knowing my capacity, regardless of if it's the same as other people, wanting to live a life where there's margin. I found that I used to live where I would fill up every ounce of what I had. And so then if something bad happened or something I wasn't thinking about came into my life that week, it would throw me over. So learning the balance of like, I need to have margin so that when there's an emergency, I'm not pushed beyond what is capable. And I gotta be honest with you talking about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I have people in my life that I check in with about this topic because I love to be doing things. Yeah. So I literally will have to ask my husband, like, okay, am, am I taking too much on? How are you experiencing this? Uh, my counselor, my best friends, I, like, check in every so often and readjust. That is um, – honestly, that's amazing advice. Um, even just the relationship with you, have, you have with your spouse, having the people that – can um you know for me it's my pastor um i have some mentors in my life that i do almost the exact same thing it's not even about you know hey am am i good it's more of hey maybe you see something that i don't am i have i reached capacity and i don't see it and they'll be completely honest with me all the time they're like yeah you know looks like your your hands in too many places Let, let's reevaluate let's see where you can you know maybe let somebody else do it and um es- yeah especially if you have that um personality that's very um you know i i would call it like an entrepreneurial uh type mindset that's always wanting to progress always wanting to go forward and it's like man you know sometimes you just have to sit back and let other people do things or you know, just enjoy life for a little bit. Yeah. You, know, you don't always have to be working. Sometimes you could just enjoy a moment with your family and that's it, you know? And, um, yeah. So, uh, Abby, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I, I heard you speak a few weeks ago. Um, do you have any, uh, upcoming projects or where can people hear more about you and your work? Yeah, I have, well, I have a website, abbystumball.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Me and my husband right now are working on a project I'm so excited about. It'll be out in the next few months, but it's a it's a father series workbook, and it is uh, 11 different teachings and, and talking through how fathers impact you in different ways that they impact you and how to work through your pain or belief systems that you created around that that, it, that are separating you from um, God or keeping you disconnected from people or, um, just that. So I'm so learning how to forgive and walk through it and see yourself differently. I'm 
very excited about that. That'll be out in a few months. But um, my husband has the Liberation Project. It's a podcast for uh, men, although they have a lot of women listeners because we all <laughs> know how men of course. think. Um, and so, and, and then I speak, like, I think I'm speaking at Bethel um, in June, and those are always stream, live streamed. So those are ways that people can connect. Awesome. Again, Abby, thanks again for coming on and sharing your heart and being who you are and what makes you a blessing to all of us around. Um, I know that God is only, uh, this is, you're only at the, the beginning stages of where God is going to just really flourish. And really, I feel your words can impact people across the world. So again, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk soon and stay in contact. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Again, guys, I hopefully you guys were blessed by that. Abby's just such an encouraging uh, person. And, and personally, I wish there was more people like Abby that were transparent and honest about their life. Um, I really believe God has graced her and continues to grace her. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with her knowing where she's at, putting boundaries on herself, and um, even including my own life. And <clears throat> excuse me, I would encourage you. Look at your life. You know, where is it that maybe you can have somebody else take on things? Um, you know, maybe you're one here today where you're literally holding on to things and you should uh, really be um, open and allowing God to go into the deepest places of your heart. I would, again, encourage you, allow God to be, you know, uh, allow God to come into your heart. Allow him to establish himself and find people you can speak to and confide in and be open with. Uh, once you begin to do that, you're going to begin to God. Uh, you're going to begin to see God bring this balance and this. Um, you know, you're not going to feel overwhelmed on a daily basis. You're going to feel like every single day God is gracing you and walking with you every single step of the way. So again, um, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Again, forgive me, Raylene's not on. She had to do uh, a few things for the kids, but uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. All right, thanks guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode on Conversations on Faith and Family. Send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our website at conversationsonfaithandfamily.com. As always, subscriptions to our shows are free and available wherever you find podcasts, as well as on our website. Until next week, join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for more conversations on our community.